Good morning, fellow Thunderbird enthusiasts and antique car lovers. This is your fellow T-Bird guide, John, coming again to you from Morgantown, West Virginia, and bracing for that wicked winter storm. Today, we finish up our examination of the fourth generation of Thunderbird that we call the Flare Birds. This model is the 1966. You can find the coding information for your 66 on my website, bluethunderinthehills.com. Also a quick note, I placed color swatches and color codes for T-Birds from 1955 through 1966 on the website. I want to thank Cars and Parts magazines for this information. Well, let's get going. The 66 Flare Bird is the third and final edition of the fourth generation of T-Birds. It is interesting because its design, especially the new roof line, was started back in 1963. The new roof effectively did away with the rear quarter windows and replaced it with a straight line. This roof would be used on two models called the Town Landau and the Town Hardtop. For the first time since, I think, 63, Ford has now offered four models in the Thunderbird. You can get a hardtop, a Landau, the town hardtop, and also a convertible. This roof line on the side, though, also became known as the businessman's coupe. The 66 T-Bird's overall design was heavily influenced not only by the previous models, but also by a 64 custom T-Bird built for a Ford dealer, Bob Tasca. Bob Tasca was the head of the second largest Ford dealership in the country at the time, and this was about 1964. His dealership was famous for its souped up Fairlanes and Galaxies and overall performance models it built using Ford engines and Ford cars. As the story goes, Mr. Tasca needed a daily driver to manage his business. So using his connections in Detroit and Ford, he had a new 64 T-Bird outfitted with a 427 engine now think about this, until then, only 390s, and Ford was experiencing competition from the Riviera with its much larger engine choices. But to go back, he had it outfitted with a 427 engine, heavy-duty drag car transmission, which was built by Ford and was experimental. So this man had some pull. The car was also equipped with the heavier shocks, coil springs and sway bars that Ford used on ex exported cars. When this was all done, it was taken back to Tasca Motors and the engine was blueprinted. Uh, coil spring was cut, I think one revolution, so the car was lowered. Um, they did some front work on the bumper. Um, when all these modifications were done with the suspensions, the carburetors, blueprinting of the engine, and the body designs, the car dropped over 150 pounds of its original weight. This T-Bird was clocked at 0 to 60 in 6 seconds, topping out at about 135 miles per hour. Now if you compare this to a stock T-Bird, the stock T-Bird at the time was barely topping out at 115 miles per hour. CB lights were fitted into the front. They were also the turn signals. Now isn't that interesting? 1964-65, they used the headlights as turn signals, and that is something that we're just seeing today. 
All the work was being done by the Alexander brothers of Detroit as far as the body work goes. The car mechanically was taken to Tasca Motors and it was dealt with as far as the blueprinting of the engines, the cutting of the coil springs, as we said before. But when it came to doing the body modifications, the Tasca car was taken to the Alexander brothers of Detroit. And what was really interesting, not only was it taken to the Alexander brothers of Detroit, Henry Bentley Bradley was the design engineer making the subtle body modifications. Why is that important? Because later, Harry Bentley Bradley went on to become famous as the designer and the creator of Mattel's Hot Wheel cars. Pretty interesting. One of the modifications you'll notice on the Tasca car was the turn signals on the fenders were shaved. They were also shaved on the 1966 Thunderbird. The front bumper was thinned out and a beautiful horizontal bar grill was added. Well, on the 1966 T-Bird, we're gonna see the what they call the blade bumper added. And although it wasn't exactly horizontal bars, we see a very slight egg crate, egg crate grill put onto the 66 with a beautiful uh, Thunderbird emblem in the middle. Some people feel that this is one of the most beautiful grills ever built for a Thunderbird. The back tail lights were all integrated with a one solid bar. We'll notice that integration on the 66 Thunderbird for the general public also. The car when finished uh, was painted a candy apple red. I don't think we saw that in the 66 color palette but we did see some beautiful colors. After hearing about the performance and the modifications made on this T-Bird, uh, Ford engineers really did take notice. They actually had the car shipped to Ford for studying. So they studied it, and we do see some of the features in the 1966 T-Bird. What's interesting to note, this car was supposed to be a daily driver, yet the Ford engineers took it back to Ford. So I wonder how much of a daily driver this car ever really became. Um, one of the things, if we go into the interior of the 66, not the Tasca Thunderbird, but the, just the plain 66, we also start seeing the overhead console show up. The overhead console is now going to contain seatbelt warning lights, and it's going to contain some things to make you feel like you're more in an aircraft. Ford is still carrying this theme of not only aircraft luxury, but cocktail lounge luxury in their cars. It's an interesting mix. We see the speed control being moved to the steering wheel. And we see this today in modern in our modern cars, the speed controls always on the steering wheel. We also see this is the first year for an AM radio with an eight track tape player in cars. That was a first for the industry and a first for Ford. Um, we're gonna notice also during the 66 time the competition from the Riviera, Toronado, and Eldorado is going to be fierce, especially since all these cars are going to feature a lot more flat floor space because of their front wheel drive configuration. And what's interesting to note, this front wheel drive configuration, Ford considered back in 1961 for the Bullet Bird, but deemed it too costly. Now, their direct competition is front wheel drive cars. 
maybe Ford should have bit the bullet, spent a little bit of money in 61 and developed this a little bit further. But that's history. So, we look at the 1966 production figures because in 66, this generation of Thunderbird is refined. This is the last year for it. Many people consider the 1955 through 1966 Thunderbird the golden generation of these cars. They consider it the finest development of the luxury personal sports car, if you want to put it that way. So, in 66, what were the production figures? Well, one thing that was interesting in the production figures that Ford finally kind of learned a lesson from the Riviera and GM and that they offered a big engine for the Thunderbird. And this was the 428. Uh, possibly according to records, as far as we can look back into, 30% um, of the 66 Thunderbirds of 66 were built with the big engine. Total production was 69,176 cars. This by no way was in comparison to the 1960 Thunderbird and that was the heyday when over 90,000 units were built. Convertibles dropped where they did represent about 9% of um, production. They now only represent about 7.3% with a total number of 5,049 convertibles in 66 being built. So, if you're out looking for a convertible, you like Thunderbirds, you might want to see if you can find a 66 Thunderbird. They are pretty rare, and I would say a fully restored one would bring a pretty decent value. An interesting story about a Ford Thunderbird convertible T-Bird for 66 was Ford made it known that this was the last year that the T-Bird could be had in a convertible. And at the time, Lyndon B. Johnson, our president, was wanting a convertible Thunderbird for his daughter as a birthday gift. And the country was scoured for a dealership that still had one. Well, they did find one, and many people believe that this was one of the last Ford Thunderbirds sold in convertible form. Uh, the town Landau model, uh, remember with the new roof line, was the most popular model bought, and that was 35,105 of those cars were built. Again, the 66 Thunderbird was considered the last of the vintage Thunderbirds. It was going to be replaced um, in 67 by what many people kind of snicker about, the Sucker Mouth Thunderbird, although that name didn't stick. Thank goodness that that one didn't stick. But also, because 66 was the last year uh, for the convertible, the convertible was actually replaced by a new Landau four-door for 67 a four-door convertible. When the purists thought a four-seater Thunderbird was travesty, you can imagine what they thought when the second set of doors showed up. From this time on for a while, we're going to see in 67 that the Ford Thunderbirds are going to closely follow the development of the Lincoln automobile and that the Lincoln and Thunderbirds are going to start sharing a little bit more parts and maybe, maybe styling cues 
than what had been anticipated. So, that's all I have for you this week. I hope that you found some of it interesting. I do encourage you to look on my website at the colors and the color codes. Not all the colors could come out because I'm taking a picture with my phone, uh, but it does give you the code for the color. So I think that would be very helpful. Once again, there's ID information on my website, bluethunderinthehills.com, concerning the 66 uh, Thunderbird. So, next week, I'm going to start off with the 67 Thunderbird. Now, I'm going to tell you right up front, these 67 Thunderbirds, I don't know a whole lot about. So, I'm interested in learning and passing what I learn on to you. So, until then, if you have an antique car, don't forget to drive them. And please stay safe if you're in this zone of snow. Until next week, drive those antiques. <laughs>